This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, BFM's video game show. We're going to be reviewing Burning Shores, Horizon Forbidden West's new DLC that was released a few weeks ago. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Yes, let's start with our first story on Nintendo. According to a report compiled by TweetTown.com, the Nintendo Switch ecosystem has generated over 69 billion US dollars in lifetime revenue. This impressive figure is a result of more than 1 billion game sales and approximately 125 million hardware sales. That's right, despite being on the market for 7 years, the Nintendo Switch continues to sell very well. The original console has sold nearly 90 million units, while the newer OLED model released in late 2021 has sold around 15 million units. Twigtown's report covers data from the Nintendo Switch's launch in March 2017 up to March 2023, and it estimates that up to 94% of Nintendo's net sales revenue during that period came from Nintendo Switch-related sales. The peak year for sales was 2021, with nearly 30 million units sold. Mm, while sales are slowing down by now, there's still a little life left in Nintendo's trusty hybrid console. Recently, the new Legend of Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom, was released last Friday, securing some of the highest ratings in the history of gaming. Now, there are expectations that the new Nintendo console, potentially a successor to the Nintendo Switch, will be reviewed soon, signaling the end of the Nintendo Switch lifecycle. Last year, the console shipped more units as compared to 2018 and 2019. The gaming community will have to wait to see what Nintendo announces in the coming weeks and months to determine the future of the Switch. And up next, the release of Hogwarts Legacy on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC platforms in February were highly anticipated and proved to be successful with millions of sales. However, the release of the Hogwarts Legacy Switch edition, originally planned for July, has been delayed and is now scheduled for the 14th of November. The release of Hogwarts Legacy on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One was also delayed by a month, but proved successful as millions of gamers purchased the last generation. Version. On Twitter, the Hogwarts Legacy profile posted a short message backing up the delay, but it was almost the exact sentiment relayed when the PS4 and Xbox One editions of the game were delayed. In the message, they said that the new fans were looking forward to playing on the Switch and that creating the best possible experience is their top priority. Now, while it remains how Hogwarts Legacy will perform on the Nintendo Switch, the game has not encountered any issues on the older hardware of the PS4 and Xbox One consoles. Fans understand the need for additional time and. Express their willingness to wait patiently for a high-quality port.、Mm. The game's developer Avalanche wants to maintain the success of Hogwarts Legacy by ensuring a well-performing port and not compromising the overall experience with a subpar release on the Switch. That's very commendable. Okay, last but not least, we move on to Valve, the company behind Steam. They recently implemented a new code of conduct update to crack down on gambling activities, specifically targeting the issue of CS:GO skin gambling. This practice involves using in-game cosmetics as wagers on unregulated betting sites. That's right. Valve has faced multiple lawsuits related to CS:GO skin trading and gambling platforms, but their efforts have paid off with the recent conclusion of the last lawsuit. As a result, the Steam code of conduct has been updated to. Strictly prohibit all forms of gambling. Now, this controversy originated in 2013 when CS:GO introduced skins and cosmetics, creating a thriving black market where players could trade and sell their virtual items on Steam Marketplace.
Series. Third-party operators utilize the Steam API to enable gambling using those skins. Yeah, observations suggest that Valve is now actively identifying and banning users who interact with CSGO gambling sites utilizing the Marketplace API. This includes the loss of account access and valuable cosmetics, which can be worth thousands of dollars. Valve's measures demonstrates their commitment to combating gambling practices within the Steam platform. However, the effectiveness of these actions and their impact on the gambling community remains to be seen. Well, that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Ofnil. Burning Shores is the newly released DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, PlayStation's epic action RPG that was a hit last year. Burning Shores continues Aloy's adventure in the land of the Forbidden West and Najibah Maliki is here to give his take on it. For your information, unlike the main game, the DLC is only available for PS5, so I start the show by asking Najibah about whether there are any big improvements in terms of the fidelity of the DLC compared to the main game. Yeah, okay, so great question <laughs> Hard question to start off with um, But before I answer that, let me preface with Forbidden West, Horizon Forbidden West Was made for PS5 And then they kind of like adapted to PS4, right? So like even like the 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 uh, sales of the game uh, If you got it on your PS4 They have a free upgrade to PS5, right? Because they want to get you to actually play on PS5 They also have the actually my PS5 is the Horizon Forbidden West edition right so it's actually made for PS5 on paper technically speaking Burning Shores should not be kind of quote unquote a lot better than Forbidden West in the base game itself because it's on paper should be running on the same engine you know same assets and stuff like that um, so I guess to simply answer that question of yours which is is it a lot better uh, considering it's supposed to be running only on PS5, my answer is no. It's the same. And I actually played Forbidden West on PS4 um, because I haven't gotten a PS5 at that time. After I finished the game, only did I get um, my PS5, right? So when I, I tried the game again on PS5, um, and for this particular playthrough I have for Burning Shores, I decided to actually, you know what, let's start a new game plus and then let's start from the starting point until the end of Burning Shores so that I get a refresher, you know, get, get the whole experience on the PS5 because as you said, it's supposed to be a lot better looking or at least experience or whatever on a PS5. Um, I am sad to report, it's okay lah, it's alright, I mean it looks better obviously from a PS4. There are some scenes, especially the cut scenes where like, the textures of the clothing that the characters are wearing are amazing, intricate, detailed. Um, but it's the same, essentially, textures that is on, I guess, another level. I guess maybe, um, yeah, on a different algorithm that they run, so it looks slightly better. But it's essentially when you're running from a fire claw, um, when you're running from a thunder jaw, or whatever, from whatever, right? Uh, you probably do not notice the ray tracing effect. You probably won't notice like these like immaculate details. And yeah, um, I I think it's experience wise, uh, graphics wise, it's the same. I do have to point out 
what Guerrilla Games extremely highlighted um, in their kind of like press releases and re- running up to the release of Burning Shores. The reasoning why they want to really focus on PS5 only is because they added in a new calculation engine for clouds. So they basically had this new way of basically creating clouds because now you can actually fly into the clouds. But... But I'm, I'm I'm very aware of like you know letting you guys know of spoilers. So this is not a huge spoiler because it was shown in the footage as well. Um, there's not much gameplay there aside from one very small side quest and yeah, obviously aside from just you being able to fly in the clouds. So is it really necessary for it to run specifically on PS5 for a very short, I guess, five minute side quest? you'd be the judge lah. <laughs> uh, but, but at least there, there was a technical reason for it, which I think justified it, I suppose. But but, but then again, mm. I mean, okay, that aside, because, because I think <laughs> yeah, we all know at the end of the day, it's all also about selling consoles, right? So um, I think when the decision was made to um, make the game available for PS4, that's because um, PS5 was still in, in in short supply. So I guess um, the way they, they, they want to still sell consoles is to, I guess, do this lah, I suppose, right? Which is, I don't know. I don't know what it's fair, but it is what it is. So that's it. Um, all right. So Burning Shores is, um, I mean, it's supposed to take place um, right after you finish the main game, Forbidden West. And it's set, um, obviously, I think in, I mean, based on the trailer again, uh, somewhere in Hollywood, which I think um, a part that uh, this might be a slightly side spoiler for people who have not played the main game yet, but a part that you discovered towards the end, you know, around the end game or end part of Forbidden West, right? Where you reach closer to, closer to um, LA, Hollywood, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, essentially, even if you play the game, uh, the base game Forbidden West. If you go talk to some of the um, clan, which is uh, the Tanakh clan, um, you'd actually notice that they've started talking about this area where the shores are burning up. There are like fires all over the area and they call that area the burning shores. Um, so <clears throat> this, this essentially is that section uh, where you go to this place where... Um, it's literally where the Hollywood sign is, where the, you know, the Hollywood um, text uh, on the side of the mountain is. Uh, that's where <coughs> the Burning Shores area is at. Um, and you actually play, and, and, and this is actually even in the trailer as well, you actually play with the with a kind of splinter group of the Quen. So essentially, the Quen, which is the... Um, I guess seafaring, focus-wearing tribe in Forbidden West. Um, uh, basically, they, they, they are venturing out of their homeland, which is not actually covered in this um, DLC as well. They just mentioned that they are venturing out, their emperor sent them out, and then they went out in this like huge uh, party. Um, but a third of that party actually got Splintered from the main fleet um, because of a huge storm, and then they landed on this small island, which is the Burning Shores. The rest of the party are the party that we met in the base game for the Forbidden West um, towards the end of the game, uh, where you know you see this Quen uh, tribe at the end of the island. So that's the main chunk of the tribe. The the Forbidden Shores. Um, you're you're meeting this splinter group. 
which is quite awesome because um you get to see like almost kind of like another tribe-ish because they they have been there for quite a long time um and they've been looking away back for a way back to go back to uh, San Francisco which is where they wanted to be at um but you know they are stuck in Hollywood yeah all right okay so considering that it's a DLC it costs around 79 ringgit uh how long is the game and uh, what's good and what's bad about it? Maybe you can start with the good <laughs> things about uh, Burning Shores. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll start with the good things first. Um, how long is it? I'll start there, I guess. Um, I guess if you are like, you know, um, just uh, going through content quickly, it might take about four to five hours on normal mode or maybe even on like story mode. Um, if you are playing it on a harder difficulty, then it might be, you you might, you're, would be looking at around 8 to 10 hours. Um, and yeah, the good parts. The good parts about the DLC. Um, I strongly feel that the game, Forbidden West, ended on a very cliffhanger note. Um, so this particular DLC hopes to kind of like tie it up, tie it up a little bit um, in, in the sense that they allow you to kind of, you know, um, make, a bit more peace and sense with how the game ended, right? Um, because uh, as you can probably would see um, in the trailer as well, there is a bit more of a um, the advanced technologies in 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 this DLC. So if you guys played the whole first part of the game, the the main game, you would know that um, there's this uh, kind of like advanced race human race that came back and then they've got weapons and stuff and in this DLC you would get one of those weapons um, and I think I think the way they, they tied up is really really nice and especially with character building for Aloy and I think this is the best part for Burning Shores right the character building that they did for Aloy the way that they uh, essentially showed how Aloy is kind of like back in as a, like a full circle kind of thing at the start of the game, Aloy is extremely um, cold, I'd say. Um, she was giving the cold shoulders to everyone. She felt that she's the only one who can save the, the world and like no one else can help her. And um, in this DLC, she actually meets someone who is almost as good as her in terms of like fighting machines and stuff like that. Um, and that um, this person felt like she's the only savior for her tribe, for the Quen, for the Splinter Group. So she feels like she's the only one, Seika, if I'm putting a name on her. So Seika feels that she feels that she's the only person who can actually save the Quen tribe who's, you know, been sent to like the Burning Shores. Now you gotta go back to um San Francisco and like, reunite. She feels that sole responsibility on her. Which is what you see from Aloy um in, in the earlier parts of Forbidden West. And I think um it's kind of like a good mirror to see that, okay, we are tying up all the loose ends for Forbidden West. We are going to prep you guys for Horizon 3. And, you know, Aloy now have seen that she actually needs people and also have seen that kind of side of her, but being uh, materialized by someone else, which is in this particular case, Seika. And I, th- I think I think that's a really, really good side. And that's a um, really kind of good way of... of uh, kind of tying up the loose ends of a particular game, and I think similarly that that's what they kind of did as well in uh, in Frozen Wells, 
for the first installation, which is Horizon Zero Dawn. Frozen Worlds is kind of like a completer edition of um, uh, Zero Dawn. And I think this is the same case. Burning Shores is a completer edition to, to Forbidden West. Yeah, I think that's one of the best parts uh, of the DLC. Uh, does it further the main core story as well, to a certain extent? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so I think uh, if you are looking to get the game, the DLC, um, this is something that I would definitely like get you guys to look forward to. Uh, it does further the main core story. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, not spoiling too much things, hopefully, but I do feel like the initial Forbidden West game uh, feels slightly hanging. Um, this kind of creates or rather provides a better solution towards the end of, for the ending of the base game. Yeah. All right. Um, what about in terms of uh, the gameplay? In terms of maybe you know, do we get new uh, monsters to fight? Do we get new weapons? Yeah. So um, we do have uh, two new um, additions to the list of machines that we fight, um, and I think the gameplay itself uh, changes quite a bit. Which is great. So one of the things that Forbidden West kind of like set out to do um, is is to allow you to have a better melee experience because we know that there's a warrior tier in your skill tree where it's supposed to help you with like, you know, just fighting with your space rather than relying 100% on your bow. Um, I didn't feel that much um, that I can actually rely too much on my spear in the first, um, in the base game. But for this um, DLC, they actually added a few more things. Um, one of the main complaints that I had with the usage of a melee weapon, which is your spear, is that you can't do elemental damage. Um, every time you want to attack a machine, if you want to put an elemental damage, say you want to freeze the machine up, you have to use a freeze arrow and freeze the machine, and then you can come in with your spear. But with this addition, uh, with the DLC, they actually allowed you or rather created this new item that uh, kind of allows Aloy to put elements onto the spear. So kind of like put a sparkle at the end of the spear. So now the, the spear is a fire elemental spear. Um, and then it's quite easy for you to actually uh, craft those materials as well. And now your spear is like depending on what you like to do, like acid uh, damage or IR freeze, freeze damage or whatever, things like that. You can now put that in. Um, and on top of that, they created this one new kind of cool move as well, um, which is when you knock a machine down, instead of having to go to a specific section of the machine where you can do your critical damage, it now allows you to use your grapple hook to just hook onto the machine and then um, you can immediately do your critical damage with your spear. And I think this is a big um, update la, uh, because it allows for a, a, a big change to the whole fighting mechanics to the game. It allows you to actually use a spear effectively. People are saying that they can now play ultra hard on a new game plus with just a spear, which is which is great. La. I mean, I think the options are great. La. Right, fantastic. Um, what about some of the things that you may not be as happy with with the game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, some of you guys might have caught on uh, earlier when I mentioned about the 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 um, clouds thingy being kind of like the main part of the game. Um, and that's the bit that I I think a lot of people as well feel the same, especially people like you, Hanif, who don't actually have a PS5 and feels like you are now being forced into, you know, getting a PS5 just because um, you want to play this game. I think that's extremely unfair. 
Um, because I I honestly was thinking maybe that the main quest of Burning Shores requires you to fly into the sky and then like, you know, um, do something. But no, um, it doesn't. It doesn't require you to do that. Um, uh, I think one other part that is slightly more difficult for a PS4 to handle is a new, in one of the new machines um, that they even showed in the trailer is a water wing. Essentially like a sun wing, but, you know, it can go into the water. So the slight... I guess hard-ish bit for computational parts for PS4 is that you can fly in the sky and then you can go down into the sea and then you can swim in the sea. Maybe that's a bit harder as well. But again, these two parts are not crucial to the to the core um, gameplay or story. I don't think they have they they should have like you know limited this to a PS5. Um, I think um. It's really a marketing ploy just to, you know, get you to get a PS5. <laughs> um, I, I honestly think, yeah, I honestly think that uh, this actually was added in specifically to force you to get a PS5, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, but that aside, um, I mean, and I, I think because, uh, especially because you said that um, there is a crucial story element there as well, um, which I think maybe uh, might, skewed your answer but, but I'm still going to ask anyway um, so um, is this a must play or a must get um, DLC for people who are into into the game I suppose you know who are invested mm. in, the, in, the, mm. in the in the franchise I suppose uh, if you are invested in the franchise then I guess yeah I, I think it's a it's a, it's a yeah it's a definite yes for me I guess if you're into the franchise um Yes, the way it ties the whole thing up, it's awesome. Um, also, the way I mean, like the 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 additional gameplay that you get to, I mean, play um, the thing that you have to defeat at the end of the DLC. Um, again, not uh, just just being able to use the spear in a better way as well. I think all these translates to for me personally. Yeah, uh, I'd say. It's a it worth it is worth its seventy nine ringgit for me. Um, it actually allows me to actually squeeze a lot more out of the game as well because now I have these new like arsenal that I can actually go back into the arena, uh, which is a, a thing that they purposely made for you know replayability and end game content kind of thing. Um, and yeah, all of these kind of like. For me, adds on to the uh, value of the game, and I think it's a it's um, a, a good addition. Um, however, if you are really, I mean, like if you if you like the story, for example, you're a couch um, gamer, or maybe you you just you know enjoy watching the story or knowing about the story, not really into you know playing a bit more for with the West. Maybe it's not really for you, lah. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're tuned into GG Well Played, and that was Najman Maliki's review of Burning Shores Horizon Forbidden West's new DLC. If you like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on BFM.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play, or you can find this episode and many others on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.